Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher bakar banu mikol hamin, Venatan lanu et torato, Baruch atah Adonai, Noten haTorah, Amen. Adonai, bless you for your Torah. May you illuminate us with the eyes and the ears of Mashiach, and may we be clothed in Mashiach, and may we glean beautiful and riches from your Torah. In the merit and in the name of Mashiach Yeshua, Amen. All right, everybody. We are here for Toldot, the Parashat, G-Y-S, and I have a special guest with me. This is Zakin Yosef. Shalom, shalom, everybody. How you doing? Doing good. All right, Brooke Shim. So <laughs> just to let everybody know that, you know, we do have more Avengers that survived Thanos' snap, quote unquote. But uh, this is the Jewish version of the Fantastic Four, the thing. So Ha-Devar is the Hebrew. And it's interesting because Ha-Devar Literally, not only does it mean the word, but it also means the thing. So it's kind of like pun intended. <laughs> and uh, if we ever wanted to know why is it so important that the word became flesh? Well, because literally the word, Hadavar, is a thing. So, you know, there's that. But anyway, so our wonderful Zaken here, uh, he is that Avenger. And I've invited him to be a part of the podcast this week. Very excited to have him, and um, he's also doubled as a uh, like a rooftop assassin. So he will be dropping in when we least expect it, if he wants to. And uh, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna have some fun with Parshat Toldo because there's so much here. So again, Zach and Yosef, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this. Really blessed by you being here with us today. Well, to that, brother. All right, so it's only right to start off with Mashiach. So there is a wonderful book called Mashiach. Who, what, why, how, where, when. Anything you need to know, basically, this book has. So there is this whole idea in this week's Torah portion about digging wells. And obviously that's a deep subject because there are so many different things with the wells. There are... The correlations to the temples, there are correlations to converts, and there's correlations to our own inclinations that are within us and how we want to be able to access that which Hashem has put within us to bring forth into the world. And so if you look at all those different aspects that I've just mentioned, you know, the temple, the temple is bringing godliness out into the world. And I'll start with the temple because my source for that, by the way, is the Kehert Humash from the Hasidic Insights. And in this Mashiach book here, it's talking about the building of the third temple. And this is on page 55 because there is a common question. Is the temple going to be built by man or is it going to be built by Hashem? And obviously the answer is yes, because remember, Mashiach took on the likeness of man and, you know, he is the manifestation of Hashem and he's going to be the one that builds the temple. That's why he says, I go and prepare a place for you. But that doesn't take us off the hook because it says 
draw me to you, then we will run. That's from Shir Hashirim 1.4. It says the consonants of the word, which is the Hebrew letters of Mishkan, which is the word sanctuary, the Mem, the Sheen, the Kaf, and the Nun, the Mishkan. If you look at those letters, they are the same letters as Moshkeni, which means draw me, just like we just read in our verse. So you can say those same letters for sanctuary is the same words for draw me. And it goes on to say a person's deep talking about a well here. A person's deep inner desire is to be drawn to spirituality, which is to Hashem. And you can also see that in Lakute Halakot Eruve Tehumin 520. So we start here with this idea of Parsha Toldot and the temple and the wells and Yitzhak is the one who's doing this, but he's only doing this because he saw his father doing this. What did Mashiach say? Did he not say the things that I do, I do because I do, I see my father do them, you know, so that's a, a, a really uh, interesting thing to me because as I was going through Parashat Toldot, we're looking at the life of Yitzhak. And it's like, okay, all we know about Yitzhak is he got offered as an Akira. He had a miraculous birth. Um, there was this weird little thing going on between him and Yishmael that Sarah was like, uh, I will not have that in my house. Y'all get out. Literally. And then after all this, he goes from the Akira, he goes into the Alam Haba, the Ghani Den, and he's like studying Torah for three years. Then he comes back and then he's like, oh, it's time to get married because dad said so. And then he's like married and we're into Parsha Toldot and we open up with him and his wife. They have uh, they can't conceive. And they're uh, making tekinot, supplication to Hashem. And there's the, the yeshiva involved of Shem and Eber, where they go and they uh, receive prophecy from there. Then there's this child that is conceived in the womb. And it's only a child until it's revealed from the yeshiva that they're going to inquire at from Shem and Eber. That it's like, no, it's not one child, it's two child. It's They're both twins, actually, and they're two nations, and you, they're Asaph and Yaakov. So it's actually, what's one, it, you thought, is actually two. And then, from there, you go into the fact that the two sons are having some little back and forth things. And then, oh, it just so happens that Yitzhak and Rivka go through the same thing with you know, uh, you have to say you're my sister because these people, they're going to take you from me and they're going to kill me. And I don't I can't do that. So, you know, there's that. And then the king is like, what? She's not your sister. She's your wife. And then it's like, yeah, she is my wife. And it's like, why didn't you tell me? Take all this stuff and get out of here. And then it's like, no, well, don't leave. We we're blessed by you. So you can hang around. We'll make a treaty. We won't harm each other. And it's just like the underlay to all that is that. Yitzhak dug wells and it's just like okay 
So is that all we're going to get on Yitzhak? Because now from this point forward, it's Yaakov, 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 followed by some more Yaakov. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, what is going on? And when you zoom out from it all, if you know about Abraham, you know about Yitzhak. And the implications of that is greater when you look at the how much more so with Mashiach Yeshua and Hashem. And I really want to go in and drop down this verse. Actually, I believe it is Philippians. How you doing over there, Zaken Hadavar? I'm doing good, brother. Okay. You're doing good. If you got anything, just let me know. All right. But uh, I believe it is, let's see, Philippians, maybe, chapter 2. Talking about the servant, yes, Baruch Hashem. It is Philippians 2. So the letter to Philippi, to people in Philippi. In chapter 2, it says, starting in verse 5, Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Mashiach Yeshua. From the Amplified Version, it says, Look to him who is your example in selfless humility. So first of all, we picked up in the middle of who knows what he was talking about, but the subject of what we're in is humility, selflessness, and an example that is epitomized in Mashiach Yeshua. So the next verse says, who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of Hashem as one with him, possessing the fullness of all divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with Hashem a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bond servant slave. Being made in the likeness of men, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. And obviously, that last little uh, phrase, fully God and fully man, we've been diligently digging that well here at Tar Shalom, Shem, about, I get where you're going with that, but that's that actually kind of messes with the, the, the mind a little bit, because if Mashiach Yeshua is a manifestation of Hashem, he by default can't be fully man. He's not fully confined to creation like we are. He is where creation came from. So, yeah. So just kind of clear that up. But that little section right there is just absolutely just, there's a lot there. It's insane. And Shaul needs to get some help. If we overlay that with understanding Yitzhak and Abraham, we get a better picture of our Mashiach. That him being like Yitzhak and Abraham being like Hashem, which, by the way, Midrashim teach that, Abraham and Hashem have like this this twin aspect to them, uh, specifically in the Talmudic passage about Abraham being thrown into the furnace of Nimrod and who was the one that was going to go down and deliver him 
Mikael and Gabriel were like, man, we about to go get homeboy. Hashem was like, no, let one who is like one go rescue him. You know, like in other words, I am called by one and there is no one like me in all of the universe and outside of that. But there is no one inside of creation and inside the universe that is like Abraham. And so this kind of correlation, that's kind of an interesting little uh, just kind of tie in there. But just to kind of keep where, where we're going to stay on track is that, you know, understanding the the bond and the the correlation between the son and the father and how they're doing the same things and how there is no deviation. There is no shadow of turning, no shadow of even separation between them. And this is how we start Parsha told dote that first verse here says, and these are the offspring of Yitzhak, son of Abraham. Abraham begot Yitzhak. That whole verse right there is the, that is the Torah uh, verse for what I've been going on about for like the past few minutes here. Because again, the entry point into this commentary is Abraham begot Yitzhak. And it's like, yeah, we know that. So why are we bringing that up again? And the commentary backtracks to the birth of Yitzhak. When he was born, his face was changed to look exactly like Abraham because the people of his generation scoffed him. And the word generation, the word offspring is the word toldot. So I'm going to go ahead and jump over to Benny B for this because um, which is the ladder of Jacob commentary for this week. Because he does a really good job, I think, of just connecting a few dots for us. Because when we see the word toldot, if you look at the way it is spelled in this week's Torah portion versus Parsha Bereshit, you see in Bereshit chapter 2 verse 4 that toldot is spelled in full. And it has two vavs in toldot. And in this week's Parsha, there is one vav. And we're talking about the toldot of Yitzhak. So the generations of Yitzhak are missing something. But Yitzhak is supposed to be the representation of regaining or repairing something. So you have this idea of you can even take toldot and take out the one vibe that it does have. Which, by the way, it did that in the Torah uh, when it was talking about the generations of Asaph says these are the generations of Asaph. And uh, let me go. I'm like way ahead of myself here. So Sleeka. Um, toldot, toldot. Vav, vav, vav. And I want to make sure I'm sourcing out my all over the placeness. Okay, so first of all, I said the full spelling of toldot, Bereshit 2-4. And then you have... The first time Toldot is defective, missing a Vav, is Bereshit 5.1, actually, with the generations of Adam. And then you have the next time it's spelled defectively, which is just with one Vav, is the generations of Yitzhak, which is the Torah portion. Okay, so real quick, Yitzhak and Adam are now tied together. So you have this idea of, if you go from the Toldot of Adam to the Toldot of Yitzhak, you have what's called a chiasm in Hebrew studies. And that means 
you take these two words and you make them bookends. And what's going on in the middle gives more elucidation to these bookends. So there's transformation, there's changes and things like that happening. So from Adam to Yitzhak, what's going on? Well, the world got flooded, first of all. The world got dispersed, second of all. And then there was Abraham. And then it's like, finally, the dawn of redemption. There's hope. Let's get this going. And so the first time we get back on track, we get back to a Adam ideal, which is one who follows Hashem just because. Adam was supposed to originally follow the voice of Hashem because that's what walked with him in the garden, right? The voice of Hashem walking in the garden, Adam ran and hid, right? So now we have Abraham who's doing what Adam failed in doing, which is listening to the voice of Hashem. And even in this week's Torah portion, it says, Abraham fulfilled all of my Torah, all of my decrees, all of my ordinances. It's just like, what, you want written Torah? You want oral Torah? You want rabbinic Torah? You want uh, Jewish custom Torah? You want uh, Halakha Torah? You want Shul Torah? Keep the list going. Because Abraham was like, yep, yep, yep. And what do we do here at Sar Shalom, Zagan? Let us know. You, <laughs> you're, part of the, you're part of the Beit Dean, right? Yes, sir. So, like, the Beit Dean is anchoring us into the fleshing out of the Torah. Y'all are here to help us as a community, right? So, I mean, Abraham, that's what he did. He brought in that foundation that was absent since Adam. So, when he finally has his toldot, his offspring, which is Yitzhak, it's like, okay, now let's pick that word toldot back up and finally get this thing going because now we have the beginning of a legacy that will never, ever, ever end. Because if you go into the Basora, specifically in Matthew, or if you want to look at Luke, you have the genealogy of Mashiach. You start from Adam and you go all the way to Mashiach. And guess what? You have this idea of an unbroken link from Abraham all the way to Mashiach where there is one specific family that the Torah, that the kingdom, that the toldot is restored back to it, what back to the way it was in Bereshit chapter two. No other family did that. You know, you you have the fact of every now and then you had Ishmael's descendants kind of make some shuva, but nothing really picked up as far as a consistent, like take the Torah, go into the next generation. You have Asav. He has brilliant people who've joined us. Ankalos, Rabbi Mer, uh, Rabbi Akiva, Obadiah. You have all that like awesomeness. But it's just like, but yeah, they came in. You have Lot's family, you know, which is an offshoot, obviously, of Abraham. But it was just like his two daughters. And that was it. And then eventually you get Ruth and you get Naamah. And it's just like, okay, Baruch Hashem. But Abraham, though, you got Abraham, you got Yitzhak, you got Yaakov, you got Yosef, you got Yeshua, Ben Nun, you got, keep it going all the way from there, Boaz, David, like, yes, I just snuck in the lineage of the unbroken, uh, 
the unbroken uh, mystery of how in the world is Yeshua the son of Joseph, but the son of Judah, because like the son of David, like how is he that? Well, Judah and Joseph, their lineages crossed when it came to the birth of Boaz, because Yeshua is like the great grandson of Joseph, and then the wife or, or Slika, the uh, ultimate descendant from Yehuda, came in the picture with Boaz's mother. So after Yehuda goes down with Nakshon and so on and so on, like it ultimately becomes to who is the wife of Salmon, which is uh, Boaz's Abba. And you have this finalization of the two lineages where they finally become one. So basically from Boaz forward, you unify Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. So no matter which one you look at, i.e. which when you look at the king of Israel, is it Yosef or is it Yehuda? The answer is yes. They cross right there. So that's a, a, a crazy little uh, opportunity that myself and the youth of Sar Shalom get you some lapide had the beautiful privilege of doing a few years ago and um nobody has been right since i mean it's been we've just all lost our minds so yes uh but anyway pattern of of the generations from abraham to mashiach and back it up to adam you don't find this anywhere else so when we have our two told out going on we have this idea of rebuilding the, the perfect, the perfected generations, which only happened through Mashiach. And that's why it goes on later to say, before I say that, I was saying Toldo can be spelled without two vobs. So you can just take away the vobs completely. And that's the generations of Ishmael, not Asaph, Slika. And that is Bereshit 2512, where it says, ben Abraham. It's like, oh yeah, son of Abraham. He's got some Toldo. And it's like, yeah, but he's missing everything in his told out. It's like, oh, well, I guess I can't just call myself a son of Abraham. It's like, yeah, because I don't know how involved you are. When you look at Ruth chapter 4, verse 18, it says, Ve'ele told out with two vobs, parets. And remember, parets means to break through. So we know that Mashiach is the stump of Jesse with a shoot that comes forth, which is why we say, Matmiach carrying Yeshua. May the salvation of Hashem spring forth, may it be speedily soon in our days. So again, with Toldo, you have this idea of something that started, was broken off, broken down, needs some repair. It comes back, gets built back up, and it's now perfected when it begins to elucidate Mashiach. And if Chassis was here, I'm pretty sure he'd say, and Peretz is a name of Mashiach. Because he has this crazy book where you're like just droshing and all of a sudden he's like, did you just say blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's the name of Mashiach. And here's the source. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Can I just, you know? But anyway, so the fullness of these vibes. Now, I've been going on for quite a bit about Toldot, offspring, building up generations, this pattern. Here's the idea because the vav itself. You need to know that that represents Mashiach Yeshua. Okay, so there are two Vavs and you always hear us say that there are two Mashiachs. So there you go. It's in the word Toldot itself. So pretty much if you don't have 
the two Mashiachs, you're lacking something. And this is why it's important for us, you know, as believers in Mashiach Yeshua to understand who he truly is. We have to understand that he's Ben Yosef and Ben David because we're part of the Toldot that is being restored to its fullness. And this time it's it's a renewed heavens. It's a renewed earth. And I think that's absolutely incredible to, to be you know, first fruits of that, you know, we're called first fruits of the resurrection kind of thing. And obviously we haven't been resurrected yet, but that's right. Hashem may be soon, but we, I'm in, brother. right. Well, well, you know, uh, so told being generations, you could also say family history. So, Whoa. But, so, so Torah, we know, and we, we discussed this just, you know, very briefly before we started this recording that, uh, you know, we both have experienced this, myself and you, Matt. We know that the Torah brings healing. You know, Yeshua brings salvation, right? Mm. So with that comes the healing of, you know, down to second, third, and fourth generations. Right. So, so what we're doing here now is bringing healing and salvations to future generations. So long as we stay in Torah, right, brother? So long as we stay in Torah. Because if not... Shalom, we become an Ishmael or an Esau. And it's just like, that's cool. You were a son of Abraham, but where's your legacy? And, you know, that's what Hashem is all about. He's all about legacy, like something that is going to last and go into the future. He didn't create the world for it to just die and fizzle out and become nothing again. You know, like that. I mean, that's crazy. The incredible Talmud you know, he shared that with me. One of the first things I learned from his mouth when he walked into Sar Shalom was, I'm here for legacy. <laughs> and what are we at Sar Shalom? We are the beginning of a legacy with the help of Hashem. Because as Rabbi Griffin, a.k.a. Captain Yisrael, keeps putting on blast like you would not believe, which I support that. And I will do the same thing, which is why I'm saying this now, that we are... Doing something that has not been done in at least about 2,000 years because it died out and it went underground. Go ahead. No, God, I'm, I'm, I'm just responding to that. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, if you look at it, we're, we are the epitome of the told out that is in this week's Torah portion that you have not seen until, uh, until uh, you have not seen since Parsha Bereshit in chapter five. You haven't seen that told out until now. You haven't seen that probably 2,000 years span. I mean, maybe it wasn't 2,000 years, but for the sake of this drush, just, no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> the idea is there's been a long time since this has happened. So yes. legacy is important because we have to perpetuate this. We have to keep this going. And what's going to keep this going? Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad we got to this point because I'm going to end with talking about the Vav because we've been going now for a good amount of time and um, I want to make sure I'm respectful. So um, when we look at what does it take to perpetuate these told dote, I think it's so beautiful that the Torah gives us a secret. It is digging wells and re-digging wells, naming wells with the same names that the Father gave them. And what does that mean? Well, when you look at the understanding of what's going on with digging wells, you have this idea of dirt being placed in the wells and stopping up 
the flow. And what stops up the flow of a generation? Earthliness. Speaking for myself, because I'm going to respect this aching. I got a lot of dirt going on that I got to constantly shovel out every single day, starting with Hashem help me get me some today. You know, like get the dirt out, man. Like the first thing I need to focus on is where my shovel at, because today it's time to die to myself. Today it's time to get some dirt out of my well, because I got told out going on here, not for myself, but for Hashem. And if we don't, as the generation who has been given the privilege and the opportunity to know who Mashiach is and to be observant in Torah and to know what that is and to have a bait deen. I'm going to be shameless on plugging my bait deen right now because sometimes we don't understand the importance of a bait deen because there are a lot of synagogues that believe in, in Yeshua HaMashiach that are out there. But guess what? Do they have a bait deen? Because if you don't have a bait deen, you don't have an anchor, which is why our bait deen is under attack constantly, which is why we should be praying for them constantly. And, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I mean, I always, I feel like I always say this at least once a year. So Baruch Hashem, at one point I was against the Beit Deen and guess what? I died. I don't know how I'm here right now for real, but you can't go against the Beit Deen because who Hashem is anointed and who he has set up as the shepherds of his flock. Have fun with that. If you want to try to test Hashem on that, you will lose. I promise. But anyway, Having a Beit Deen is vitally important because you don't have a governing system for helping the flow, helping the perpetuation. It's the, the picture of if you have a house and you need your waterworks and all your other utilities to work, if you have no foundation, if you have no plumbing, if you have no access to the electricity that's provided via the city to access point into your circuitry in your home. That's what we're talking about with a bait dean. So it's vitally important what they're doing. So Zaken and Yosef, to you and the bait dean, Toda Rabah is an understatement. So thank you, brother. But I do want to say that because where I'm going is, is that these synagogues that don't have a bait dean, Bezrat Hashem, I mean, it's a miracle if they keep going because it will break down at some point. You, if you don't have that element of sustaining, you know, and it's interesting that you're Zaken Yosef and I'm talking about sustaining because Yosef was called the father of Israel, literally pun intended, like of the whole nation, but also of Israel himself. If you read in Bereshit chapter 49 about Yosef being the stone of Jacob, he's called the sustainer because he fed his family during the famine and brought them through the famine. If you don't have this this element of sustenance going on in your community, you better get one because you got to have a way to line up your conversions, line up your halakha, line up your way you're going to do your liturgy, line up how you're going to how you're going to operate as a limb of Mashiach in the world. You got to have that. So anyway, when you look at that with the aspect of the wells, the earthliness, that's what's going to stop us from continuing. If you let your wells stop up and you let all this earthliness and dirt get in there and don't remove it, you don't be like a Yitzhak. You don't be what Mashiach told us to do, which is to live the gospel, to live when the Torah becomes flesh. Because, by the way, let's, man, I'm swerving my swerves. 
when you look at the word gospel, the gospel, it is ha basora. Okay, ha basora is the same letters as ha basar, which is the flesh. The flesh of what? The flesh of the Torah. The Torah being made flesh. Where we started this podcast, I said this is Zakin Yosef, aka Ha Devar, the Word, the Thing. The Torah fleshes out in Mashiach Yeshua, and that's why it's called the Gospel. The Good News has always existed. It just wasn't fleshed out yet. It started as the voice that walked in the garden, which is why it's the Aleph Tav voice that walked in the garden. Then it was manifested through the selflessness brought down by the patriarchs. But then it was manifested in the selflessness of Moshe. But then it was manifested in the sapphire tablets. And ultimately, from that point, after the tablets were shattered, we got second tablets, and it's just like, yeah, these are a keepsake until the real deal gets here. Oh yeah, you mean Mashiach Yeshua? And it's like, okay, finally, here is Habasar. Of what we've been talking about since the beginning. Like, let's get it all all fleshed out, pun intended, told out. And that there it is. So we gotta make sure the way we will survive, the way we will continue to exist, is if we dig wells. And guess what? Digging wells is hard work because every single day you gotta do it. And every single day, just like in this parsha, you got Philistines. We're going to be coming at you and you got Hasatan who's going to be coming at you. You got roaring lions that are going to be coming at you. But guess what? You have the lion with you. You have the word with you. You have the light in you if you so choose to embrace it. And that's Mashiach Yeshua. That's the Torah. That's Hakadosh Baruchu, Hashem, Avinu, our father, our righteousness. If we camp there which is the essence of Yitzhak because he is the manifestation out of his father Abraham just like we should be Mashiach says go and teach everything that I've taught you to the nations if we do that that's how we continue to exist that's how we rebuild the Toto that we are a part of so last little point here the Vav is crucially important so this is from who I always pray is a Lapid in his own right over across the seas in the great land of India, of all places. There's a guy over there, his name is Gadai, but I like to call him G. Shekel. And uh, he writes a commentary on the parasha every week, and he has a synagogue called Bet Yisrael. So you can check him out, look him up. He's definitely, he was messianic, and he's definitely making that swing and that transition into more orthodoxy, quoting his sources, uh, refraining from using the divine name, so on and so forth. There's a lot there, but needless to say, I call him my homie G. Shekel because I'm very proud of him for sourcing out his violence and his uh, courageous faith in Mashiach Yeshua, and that's it. You know, like he's not trying to make himself out to be like this whole big guru, but he's just like, this is what the source says. I believe in Mashiach. This is where it lines up. There you go. Like, that's all I got. Looking for anything else, you might as well go down the street and hopefully you can find something. But anyway, so he brings this down from the Zohar. Naso 122a. Vav is the sixth letter of the Hebrew Alephbet. And it is also a name of Mashiach. And what is understanding? This is made of the letters Ben Yah, 
because the word for understanding is Bina, which is actually two Hebrew words, Ben and Yah, son of Yah, which is son of Hashem. With the Vav, you have this picture of Bina, the son of Hashem. And that's what he wants to say. The Vav is the son of Bina. So that's just uncalled for. But anyway, keep going. Hence, Vav is the righteous and center pillar. Zohar says the first and second Vav in our word Toldot from Ruth 4.18 is identified as Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef. Again, we have the two Mashiachs, and here's the last thing. So this is from the suffering of Messiah. He's talking about this word here from Bereshit 37.5. My Torah portion, Vayeshev, come on! And your parsha are coming up too right, Zakin. Is it Vayeche? Yes. All right, Shem. I'm going to go ahead and invite you publicly. You don't have to respond to uh, to join me on Parsha Vayeche, your Torah portion. So I'll talk to you about that later, though. All right. But anyway, it says Vayosifu, uh, as in Bereshit thirty-seven five, which is the word for Vayosifu. Uh, like first of all, let me just go there and read it real quick, because he d- he didn't translate. He just got straight to the business on that. <laughs> it's like, are you gonna explain that? No, I'm just gonna punch us in the face. Thirty-seven. Five. It says, Yosef dreamt. Okay, that's Vayakalom. Yosifu. Come on, Hebrew here. Yosifu. There are two vibes. End of this word. Slika. Little detour here. Yosef Kalom. There it is. Vayosifu. Okay. It is actually. uh, So I'm gonna read the verse out. It says, Yosef dreamt a dream which he told his brothers, and they hated him even more. Vayosifu, and they hated him. Really? Because now, okay, this is where he just got straight to business. So back to the commentary. There are two vavs at each side of the word Yosef in Vayosifu. Vayosifu. So the two vavs, which represent the two Mashiachs, in the middle of that is Yosef, and this is the word for, and they hated him. Commentary. Yosef is not accepted by his brothers, as hinted in the phrase Ben Acher, which is a heretic son, which you can read in Bereshit 30, verse 24, which is when Raquel is saying, may Hashem add for me Ben Acher, another son. But literally, the homiletic, which is the kind of pun of that word in Hebrew, is it also means a heretic son. So when it comes to Yosef, there's this aspect of rejection and heresy. We will find the name Yosef is hinted at into the text when the Torah says, and they hated him even more. Bereshit 37.5. And it says, the suffering Messiah is called Ben Yosef because he is rejected. So, did you have something on that? No, go ahead, bro. All right, So, yeah, so our two vavs to... Just kind of end on that note. That's that's where it ultimately ends with Yosef being rejected. And these are two Mashiachs. And so if we're wondering, do we have the right guy? Do we have the right Mashiach? He's hated. He's not accepted. And he's t- attached to Christianity. And Christianity is doing a great job of talking about him, proclaiming him, being fired up for him. But 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 the Jews, though, and it's just like, well, what about Lapid? 
uh, that's the one group, and that's a cult, and they're, they've got a crazy guy leading them, and da-da-da-da-da, and it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Back the car way up. Put your seatbelt on first. There is this under there is this understanding that you can be Torah observant and believe in Mashiach Yeshua, and that's what we're doing here at Sar Shalom in Lapid. So, like it does exist, and obviously we're not like mainstream and on flat screen TVs across the world. Maybe we are because we got a live stream, right? <laughs> you know. But uh, in the meantime, we're like this small like I don't really know. And by the way. More, more so than not, we are generally rejected, which is like we're fitting the pattern. So, okay, we got the two Mashiachs, and just because Mashiach ben Yosef has been presented, he's rejected. It's like, okay, cool. But what am I saying? When you look at Parashat Toldo, you see Asaph, which is the progenitor of Rome, Christianity, and he descended from Yitzhak. He descended from Rivka. Like he was in the same womb and all, and even considered one with Yaakov at one point. But he swerved off in a really bad way. And so if we're thinking the only way to be connected with Mashiach is to glean from Christianity, no. I mean, Baruch Hashem that's being used to bring people in. But again, through Yaakov is the completion of the Toldot. And that's what we're about. So yes, we kind of may look like we're Christian, because we believe in the Mashiach that the church teaches about, even though we say that he's Torah observing, he doesn't have blonde hair, blue eyes. And the Shabbat is actually on, on the seventh day of the week and not the first day of the week. And we, we are supposed to eat kosher. We do study Torah portions. We do wear kippahs. We do wear zitzit. We do eat kosher, like so on and so forth, 613. That's what we do. And it's just like, that. that's not by default Christianity. So I know on the surface... Until you start like digging and, and really understanding, that's what you mean. That's where you really find out. Oh, it's the the voice of Yaakov, but the hands of Asaph, just like we see in this week's Torah portion. So we may be covered in the externalities, just like Mashiach is covered in the externalities of Rome. But best believe, Jews to the core, Torah to the core, and we got the told out with the two vobs, and that is something. That we should boast about because our faith in Hashem and his righteousness that he imparted within us is what we boast about. Not how awesome are we, not man, we got this and nobody else does, but Baruch Hashem that we have been given the opportunity to grab a hold of two vavs through Yosef. And even in the midst of people trying to clog our wells up, this is a beautiful opportunity for us this is where Hashem has desired for us to be because we are his children and he wants us ultimately to be walking in his truth not our truth not somebody else's truth but his truth Amen. Uh, unless you have anything else to say I'm gonna close this out well you know I do want to say that uh, you know Esau was born first right so right. Uh, he appeared as the stronger one and Yaakov, you know, grasping onto his heel. I know that wasn't, you know, part of where you started, but, you know, just thinking about all that, you know, I can see the introduction of Torah into the the nations, you know, our accepting of, of Torah, how we're gaining that strength. And we are becoming stronger, and we will overtake the power of Edom. Oh, uh, and, and it's happening, brother, and we can see that happening. 
but you know, I, I always kind of like to put things in the perspective of, of daily life because that's kind of what helps me. Obviously, when we when we study Torah, that's what we're doing as well. But right. uh, so you know, I think about my life. Uh, you know, you can probably say the same thing, but you know, originally the stronger one, the the evil inclination, uh, had had its had its time with us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it uses our bodies, our limbs, you know, that sort of thing, because it has easier access to it, and, and our bodies, our limbs are more uh, susceptible of following the stronger one. But here we are now at this point in our life and the one who is really strong is coming on and so yeah it's it's like uh it's like generations brother happening within your own life man oh man (laughs) you know that first generation now here comes that second generation that's coming on strong amazing man well all right that that was a violent drop so i appreciate that love the practicality and um you know, Brukashem. So, what do we know? What do we know? Thank you, everyone, for joining us in the closing bracket. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Vechaye Olam Natabet Ocheinu, Baruch Atah Adonai, Noten HaTorah, Amen. Adonai, may we merit to see the return of Mashiach Yeshua speedily and soon in our days. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. This is Zakin Yosef, a.k.a. Hadavar, and Shomer Man signing out. Shalom. Shalom.